Welcome to We Drink and We Know Things, a weekly podcast doused in alcohol and lit with knowledge. Clinkies! Hello. Hello. What up, everybody? Welcome. Do we drink and we know things? The podcast. Number 29. 29. Holy shit, 29 of them. I am excited that we've made it here. I Did you think we'd get this far? I mean, you know, <laughs> you hope. There are moments, you right? Hope, yeah, but, right? you know, who... With all the issues we've had to deal with and shit, I don't. I was. That's how like, much we fucking I love doing this podcast, though. I mean, we've gone through seventeen computers. Our air conditioning <laughs> has broke seventeen times. Yeah, it's been a wild ride. It's, uh, yeah, we've had our shit to get through, but I feel a lot. I feel like we're doing like, I feel like better. We're on the right track. Man. I mean, knock on wood. Shit, I say that and then. That was me knocking I didn't on say wood knock on your very dick. obnoxiously. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, folks Sorry. at home, I have a very that large wooden penis. <laughs> no, I feel like we're getting more on track, and yeah, hopefully you guys are feeling that way and feeling like you're getting more consistent episodes. Yeah, you know what would be a great way to tell us about that is if you left some fucking reviews. Well, you don't have to like not fucking yell review. at them yeah. about it. Guys, leave some goddamn reviews. I actually have that written down on my little notepad of... Wanting to mention that we've gotten a couple new reviews on iTunes. Yeah, we certainly have. And they've just been so nice. Yeah. Once we catch a few more, we'll do a little shout out to everybody. So yeah. if you haven't reviewed us, Apple Podcast is still the best place to review yeah. our show. But review us anywhere. Anywhere. And yeah. Also hit us up with an email. Uh, we drink and we know things podcast at the gmail.com. And just as a always quick aside, you can listen to us Really, at a lot of, on a lot Everywhere of different platforms nowadays, now. Yeah. Stitcher, Google Play, motherfucking Spotify. We're not on iHeartRadio yet, but how the whatever. fuck do you even get on there? I think you have to be like picked up by them. Oh, well, that's we where Ron, won't that's where be Ron on Burgundy's there. is. I doubt we'll be on there. <laughs> Either way, I, we might be wrong about that. Also, I have no idea. Podcoin, which I mean, Castbox, all yeah. the little Podbean were on there too, I believe. So yeah, go go. go fuck oh, in our website. Guys. We if you're listening to us, you we, found us. Well, in our website. Yeah, and our website. You can listen to all of our episodes, and sometimes I'll add some extra content onto the website, though I'll admit I have been a bit of a shithead about that, mostly because this well, is the show. Yeah, you know, well, the show we've is mainly not the been website. trying to get this shit under wraps. Yeah. So. Maybe episode 200 will have a fully fledged oh. professional situation. Well, I will say that usually on sort of like monumental type yeah. episodes like yeah. episode 30, 30 which, which is, is the motherfucking next, next one we might do like a combo guy together like where we It'll cover be, something I, together we have been doing those so i think we should i think we should stick with it honestly yeah let us know what you think if you want us to do that or if you're like no no if you didn't know we we're fucking desperate for your attention guys. <laughs> <laughs> give us some goddamn reviews talk to us yeah, yeah, no, we appreciate appreciate appreciate, appreciate anything and everything we get from we any listener. It, up. it really means a lot to us. Yeah, and it helps us grow as a show, you know, even if it's not the best, which, come on, hit us up on a private forum if you got beef. <laughs> we're getting there. Yeah. We're currently, we're both drinking rosé. Yep, I just had a few shots of whiskey. Oh, well. Hello. There's that. <laughs> Don't act like you just went out there all tough and, like, drank some good shit. You... I know they for a fact you went out there and drank fucking Fireball. Two fucking pocket rockets of Fireball. Gross. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> ugh, that's just... They're so cheap and mm. available and they put them on the counter. 
And I'm a professional bartender. As I'm drinking uh-huh. fire. That's very, very professional. Yes. I don't even enjoy it. It's just, it's so Weird. available. <laughs> oh, can I say something that I'm like super fucking excited about? Absolutely. Scary stories to tell in the dark. Oh, fuck. The movie comes out yes, Friday. Yes, yes, yes. And I want to go so bad. Yeah, I'm excited to see it as well, actually. That was something that used to scare the pants off of me when I was a kid, and people would tell me those scary stories, like, in the dark. Yeah, and they go, boo! Oh, Oh, you got me there, too. Jesus Christ. I loved those fucking Same, same. And we currently still own them. Yeah, we we uh, we repicked them up a couple months back. I remember that. Yeah, so I really want to go see this. I think that's her asking me to take her to the movies. My only concern, which actually... What is it? Whoa. Sorry. I just... Oh, we... Oh, God. If you hear something that sounds like thunder... It's our dog it's running our dog around upstairs. pissing on everything, probably. No. It's probably good that it's this, but it's PG-13. Yeah. Which, typically, if it's a horror movie that I really want to see, if it's rated that, I'm like, it's gonna it's suck. It's gonna be whack. But, at the same time, like, I wanted it to be, like, a super scary version of... Yeah, I think... I mean, it's... The, but it is, at the end of the day, kids' books. Isn't it, so. like, Guillermo del Toro, the guy that yeah. did... Uh, the uh, Not the Labyrinth, but the... Um, Pan's, yeah, Pan's Labyrinth. Yeah, he did Pan's Labyrinth. That movie was fucking yeah, he's, awesome. I mean, he's... Yeah. He's done a lot of good shit. So. He did Hellboy, too, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sure it'll be good, and I, there's probably going to be, like, a happy medium of, like... Hokey to... Yeah. 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 I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I still want to see it. I hope it's good. Yeah. Uh, just really quickly, before we get into it, you know, we are in... It's uh, the 7th of August now when we're recording this, so hopefully it'll, this will be out, you know, by this weekend. But a few really tragic things have happened in the past week, and we just wanted to take a moment and uh, give our condolences and our thoughts and prayers to everybody that um, whose lives were potentially affected, and everybody, yeah. the culture in general, that has to endure this stuff uh, from the the mass shootings in El Paso and Dayton this past week. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm sure everybody knows, but as a collective, there's been 31 killed in the U.S. from the mass shooting, uh, 22 from the El Paso, Texas, and 9 from Dayton, Ohio. This was as of like my mo- like I tried to Google it like right before this because I yeah. know there are a lot of other people in critical condition and yeah. people, you know, hurt. And one of our podcast buddies there for Ohio, they're, they're not right there. Right yeah, there. Like right there. You know, and I'm sure we have listeners in those areas. So, you know, we just wanted everybody to know that. Stay vigilant, man. Stay strong. We're thinking about everybody and, you know, it's devastating up. and despite it's fucked that up we, that we have to get like used to it you know in a yeah. way yeah. and that you know it really scared me because you were i was traveling in, yeah, colorado. I was in, I was in colorado yeah for buddy's bachelor party but i know that like you weren't in texas or or sure, but um ohio but it just for I me was, it made me it, like worried just for just yeah, for you same. to be in an airport i was in and out of airports and i was at a concert venue and that yeah that's one a, of the biggest know, yeah i was at red, red rocks. rocks it was fucking legend but yeah but yeah, it's just, we just wanted to kind of just take a few minutes to touch on it. And if we have any listeners from either of those places or just any, just everybody really, because yeah. some people yeah. who. I think it affects the yeah. mass consciousness. It is. And very, yeah. This is certainly not or ever will be a political podcast or, and we don't talk about that kind of stuff oh, in, no. intentionally but because. We, we do talk about things yeah. like mass shootings. Yeah. I think one of the yeah. first episodes I did was the Grand uh, Standard Gravier. Standard Gravier, yeah. And. When it ends up becoming something that's happening in our life 
right in front of us that yeah. is also a topic that I'm covering from something that happened. It's just scary. I don't know. It's just scary. Yeah, it's just, it's terrible. And uh, it yeah. is. And yeah, well, we just, like I said, we just wanted to touch on it because yeah. it is something yeah. that just happened. And, we're and we don't want to, we don't want to fuel fire for these motherfuckers and people. So we're not going to, I think we're not going to touch on anything other than that. Like, I don't, I don't care about the details or the, the, I don't care about who those people were that did that. You know, I think those people are just evil fucks. Has a lot. I mean, yeah. There's a lot of mental illness there and stuff too, probably. Certainly. But, you know. Certainly, yeah. We hope everybody's doing okay. And Fuck yeah. Um, if you did know anybody in any of those places, I hope that they are safe and everybody's doing well. Yeah, we just, not to bring it down, we're going to go ahead and probably yeah, get into I'll, it. I'll right? do a dick joke or something. <laughs> somewhere somewhere in here i'll i'll say some dumb shit we'll probably stumble some words or whatever but thank anyway thank you guys for listening to that thank you for listening to us we're very excited to be on episode 29 yeah, holy shit and yeah. i do believe at this rate this one will only be three hours long. that so. <laughs> I, I i think you go first on this one right? i do so if you've never listened to the podcast before mm-hmm. i tell a story to andrea she's not familiar with and andrea tells me a story or at least that, we don't think each other's familiar with correct it. We try. Yeah, it happens it happens but we're really good actors so you never know <laughs> <laughs> uh so we often go you know back and forth per episode so andrea went first last time yeah and so i am gonna go first this time and yeah we talk about that's that. actually what i was gonna say is i think that we drink and we know things is a pretty cool platform because we can talk we talk about weird things true crime conspiracies paranormal stuff and we've been talking about how there's so much to cover. There's so many things to do in this podcast. And one of the things that I've been passionate about doing, something that intrigues me as a person, is... Conspiracies? Uh, actually, I was going to say cults. Oh, God. Cults are fucking crazy, right? Yeah. And You're not about to tell me that you've joined one, are you? <laughs> uh, let me tell you a little story about the Church of Scientology. No. And our Lord and Savior, L. Ron Hubbard. Uh-huh. No, no, no. I was doing a little bit of like just kind of face like just a broad stroke on big cults and interesting and crazy because you know there's there's some cults that don't kill people or poison people or you know force them to give you all your money and possessions but most of them do you know that's what makes them a cult and I stumbled across this story that mm-hmm. I had never heard uh, had never seen anything about, and I listened to it's, it's a podcast. I just called Colts. It's a really great podcast. But it's I'd just never called Colts. It's just called Colts. Yeah, oh, look it up. Yeah, it's a great cool. podcast. I came across this and they started their own cults. I saw the headline to this and I was like, I'm covering this. I don't even care. And then I immediately came to regret it because it is such uh, a heavy, heavy, heavy story. So <laughs> great. Uh, in in light of everything, let's tell Jesus. a really fucking dark <laughs> story. I'm glad so, you're going first. Our printer is out of ink, so I'm going to be going off my phone today, and I'm going to be telling you the story of Marcus Wesson. Marcus Wesson? Wesson? Marcus Wesson, who was born in Kansas in 1946. Whoa, okay. He is the oldest of four children. The other kids are not a part of this story. You could say that he was born into a dysfunctional family. His father was Benjamin Wesson, um, and he was an abusive alcoholic who never held down a job and at one point like pieced out and the article that I read said he was living with another man. I don't know what I don't know what to make of that. I think they were he was just he just fucked off. They ended up reuniting later on down the road, but he pieces out for years on end. But the mom was still in the picture? The mother the is yeah, the mother is Carrie Wesson and she was a strict Seventh-day Adventist. 
uh, for anybody wondering, a Seventh Day uh, Adventist. Me, uh, me, uh, me wondering. I sure, no me idea. too. Actually, is a Protestant Christian denomination which is distinguished by its observance of Saturday as the seventh day of the week in Christian and Jewish calendars as the Sabbath. Wh- oh. And its emphasis is on the imminent return of Jesus Christ. So that's the advent or the second coming of Jesus Christ. The the denomination grew out of the Millerite movement in the United States during the mid-19th century, and it was formally established in 1863. So, 1863 is when it was established? Correct. Okay. They were of this church, and Carrie, the mother, would lead them in Bible study every day. And if they misbehaved, she was known for beating them with electrical cord. What? That's what it was. I'm just picturing like the, my fucking little iPhone cord that always breaks at the end and it's like fraying out. That shit would still suck to get smacked with though. I mean. Oh no, I know. I'm just like, I'm just picturing that like wiry, awful. Yeah. So she would beat the kids with electrical cord. Is Great. I saw that on like six or seven articles, which, you know, it's pretty fucked up. Ugh. So she was finding all this electrical cord. I mean, if you looked around our house, you have extension cords hidden everywhere yeah. in this place. This was in, what, 1960s? 1950s, 1960s, yeah. yeah. So in the early 1960s, the family, and I can't speak to if the dad is back or not, but the family moves to San Bernardino, California. Whoa, from Kansas, right? Kansas, Kansas. And I can't speak to where in Kansas they were at. I couldn't find that, actually. Oh, my God. I'm sorry, just to derail a little bit to make it a little funny. To help lighten the mood. <laughs> it's gonna get weird. The I was like watching old vines because nothing R- better R. I. than vines. Vine. Jesus, so funny. But the it's the that Indian woman like pointing at a map and being like, "America, why is this Kansas? Why is this not Arkansas? Why is this Arkansas? Explain to me." And she's <laughs> like, yourself. "She's like, she's like hitting the computer, just like it's so fucking funny." Uh, vines were the best. <laughs> R.I.P. Vines. So when he's seventeen. He drops out of high school and he joins the army. So close to finishing, so dude. So close, man. If only he would have finished. Mm, he was that's what sta- she said. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I don't know. I apologize. Yeah, geez, for that one. It's going to be a weird I'm one. I'm trying folks. the best I can. <laughs> Hang on to your butts. So he joins the army. He's stationed in Europe. And I read in one oh. place that he was a medic. And I read in another place that he was an ambulance driver. So I don't know. He was in the and around the. He was around the yeah. medical field. Yeah, and he's over and moved to Europe. Just Europe is as broad of a, is as broad as it was. Wow. Okay. And after, so he's he receives an honorable discharge. Oh. He you know he does his time. He returns to California and settles in San Jose, where he becomes involved with a woman named, uh, and I saw her last name two different ways, and I believe that's because when he met her, she was married. Oh. And then she ends up splitting with this guy. But she was 13 years older than him. <gasps> oh, I thought you were going to say 13 years old. Oh. And her name was Rosemary Solario. Solorio. So we're going to call her Rosemary Solario through, for all intents and purposes. I'm not even going to mention her other name so we don't confuse anybody. Yes. Yeah, what was w- his name again? <laughs> I'm not telling you now. Because <laughs> I think you know this story. Uh, his name was Marcus. Marcus Wesson. Oh, I know where this is going. Yeah, you do. And it's not going anywhere nice. No. So, Holy shit. If you're covering what I think you're covering, I, I can't believe I that you that you decided to. All right, let's go on. I, as I said, I, I saw a headline and I even texted you last tr- night. This is going to be true crime, right? Yes. So then if if it is what I think it is, it's you know f- that I have, you know that I know. 
Yeah, and you can chime in. I mean, that's fine. Oh, I'm not saying I know details, but I... I mean, keep going. I have not yeah. even... You haven't even... Jeez. Okay. Can I get in? We're 20 minutes into this thing. Come on. <laughs> Butthead. What's interesting is, is, is she was 13 years older than him. She was married. She leaves her guy, and he moves in with her and her children. So the crazy thing about this is she had a fucking tribe of kids. Yeah. She had eight of them. Right? Wow. She had eight kids all over the age range. I mean, if you have eight kids, they're probably going to be pretty far apart in age. And so... By the same dude or... No, uh, to my, not to my, to my knowledge, I, I can't speak to that. I'm not sure. I don't mm-hmm. believe so, though. Yeah. As somewhere I had read, it was like multiple, multiple dudes, humans. Is she of the same religion? I also can't speak to that, but I don't think so. Okay. I don't think that his... I'm just his... curious for them to come together, but yeah. I think by the time he meets her, he's got a pretty interesting doctrine in mind. And so in 1971, Rosemary gives birth to our guy, uh, Marcus's son. So now that's nine kids. God. That's nine kids in the story right now. Yeah. Okay. So many. But unfortunately, while this was happening, Wesson was cultivating a relationship with one of Rosemary's daughters. Her name was Elizabeth. And he told Elizabeth that God had chosen her to be his bride. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty fucked up because she was eight years old. Oh, gross. And she was married to the 27-year-old Wesson when she was eight. And then... Uh, Wait, he, what? So at the age of eight, Elizabeth was married to the 27-year-old Wesson. Not legally, but in like an at-home Mar- like wedding Mar- ceremony. Rosemary's daughter. She let her daughter marry Correct. her Correct. dude? Correct. Okay. It yeah. was, it, you know, this is a story. I, so, I told you this is a little bit of cult. This is a little bit of stuff. Uh-huh, so uh-huh. there's certainly a certain level of fear. Right. There's certain, we, don't, a- we haven't gotten to that point yet. And he began sexually abusing her when she was 12 years old. When she was 15, they married legally. Mm-hmm. So keep in mind, Rosemary's not even his wife right she's the mother of this kid who she's his mother-in-law yeah technically who was also his girlfriend right and trust me these this is going to get more cloudy as we go i uh, have a feeling i yeah so they, they get married when she's 15 and she becomes pregnant oh she was uh, pregnant by the time they got married she gave birth uh, four months after they got married she fell pregnant and by the time she's 26 she had 10 of his kids Yeah, and, 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 and in the middle of all of this... That's a kid, what, a kid a year? Yeah. I think she's pregnant for like 10 years? Yeah. Ugh! Mm-hmm. It's pretty no. fucked up. Pretty fucked up. At one point or another, one of Rosemary's daughters, who's also called Rosemary, uh, was battling, and she's off kind of off on her own, I guess, at this point. She has seven kids, and she dumps them in the home, too. So at one point, there's like 20 fucking kids running yeah. around. Yeah. There's fucking kids everywhere. Obviously where the cult shit's coming about. Oh, buddy. Let's talk about that. Let's talk a little bit about that. So when he got involved with Rosemary in the first place, he's a young man. She's a lot older than him. She's got a shitload of kids. And his whole thing is like, y'all need a shepherd. I'm here to lead you. I'm going to. And he's he's saying that God is talking to him and all this stuff. What it says is that he was a brutal abuser. He beat the women and children 
with electrical cords, baseball God, bats, these... and his fists and his fists for the slightest shit. So one of his sons, Serafino, recounted being beaten for thirty days straight for the crime of stealing a spoonful of peanut butter. Are you sure this isn't Scientology? <laughs> <sighs> it's so much fucking worse. What was the kid's name? Serafino. Like the angels, I think. I think it's kind of a playoff uh, of like Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so he homeschooled the kids. Great. And there's so fucking many of them. And what's he doing for work? He doesn't. What's she He's, doing? They're for living work? off of they're living off of welfare. Oh, because of all the kids. Yeah. That's probably why they kept having all these kids. Yeah. And one of the really th- fucked up shit that I read is that he would like segregate the boys and the girls. Yeah. Because he didn't want the girls and the boys developing feelings for each other. Be- I mean, they were fucking siblings and cousins and stuff like that. Because keep in mind, right. one of the daughters dropped off seven of her own kids. But when you when you know when. There starts to be like isolation. Oh my gosh! And I mean, I don't know, if, but if they are, they were not hella kind of, isolated. Yeah. So he would, because they had no money and no resources, they were living in like dilapidated. You know, like at one point they were living on a fucking boat, and he wouldn't let people come up on deck. They were living I don't in. Even know where to find a boat big enough for that many people. It probably wasn't big enough for that many people. Oh, right. They were living in for years. Apparently, they lived in a tent. Um. Eventually, they bought like an old abandoned like like business building and he would keep the boys like segregated from the girls mm-hmm. um and you haven't like officially said names to confirm what i think and i'm like itching <laughs> for it he because when he was young you know he came up in a really religious scenario and i failed to mention earlier but a lot of people said like one of his greatest passions as a child was wanting to be a preacher and pretending to be preacher playing preacher So now he's got all these fucking kids, right? Mm -hmm. He's, you know, married to a 15-year-old. There's all these kids. And And has a girlfriend. And has a girlfriend. the mom of the (laughs) 15- Yeah. He, you know, he's homeschooling the kids. And from, he was teaching them his own, from his own handwritten Bible that focused on Jesus Christ being a vampire. What? Yeah, that's. When, and that's what pulled me into this. I saw it was like the vampire king of Fresno. And I was like, oh, this could mm-hmm. be something cool. And then that's really the only mention of this is that he was teaching these kids this fucking crazy doctrine about how he was God and that Jesus was a vampire. And a lot of that is coming from this like imminent, you know, second coming of Christ. Is that and like the, drinking the, his uh, sure, the blood of Christ and, and stuff like that. Yeah. The, blood and the and he's putting he's putting the shit in these kids these kids heads like yo the armageddon is imminent y'all need to be prepared y'all need to be prepared all this all this just crazy 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 shit i don't actually know if i do know at all what you're talking about yeah this is this you're hinting on some things that made me think i knew but i want to roll with the punches here right so as i said he's teaching this crazy fucking weird doctrine that he's god and jesus christ was a vampire like and he's doing this, he's teaching this shit to these kids all day. And there's a bucket of them. Okay? Out of his own, like, writings. Yeah. Instead of following along Bible with whatever had. this Bible was that he was brought up mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. Sounds legit. So one of the things that's kind of crazy is he was fascinated and had a fellow kinship with this cult leader named David Koresh, who during the night, which is pretty famous. This is Waco. You ever heard of Waco? No. Well, in the 1993 siege of the compound in Waco, Marcus was glued to the TV. He told his family, this man's just like me. He is making children for the Lord. 
And like Koresh, Marcus had a deep hatred for law enforcement. He even mandated a suicide pact with his family. If any government official ever tried to take the children away or split up the family, the mothers were to kill the children and then themselves. Okay? They had monthly meetings to discuss the plan. Okay. It's hard to express how completely that this dude had controlled all of these people. So with the, all the, in that sense, the all the male kids would kill themselves. The mothers would kill the children that were male. Mm-hmm. Or I guess just the mom. The moms are like, killing the kids. Mom. Oh, no, I guess they, they, there are two moms. I'm going to get into that. Oh, God. Okay. There's more than two moms. Oh, God. Okay. The women and girls were especially subjugated in this family. Well, if he started they at, that won it when she was what eight? Mm-hmm. They had to wear long skirts and headscarves and walk behind him and not fucking talk in public. <sighs> they weren't allowed to talk to dudes or he beat the shit out of them. Even their own brothers and cousins were segregated away. As I said, right. they were taking care of the kids, all the cleaning, all the cooking, even when there wasn't any running water or electricity. They were also expected to wait on Marcus. And Marcus had these really identifiable dreadlocks. They're like huge fucking dreadlocks. They're they're like, they're huge. Yeah. And they so they tended to him. What's and there to tend to? You don't even fucking wash that shit. I think you like rub oil on them or something. I don't nasty know. Fucker. I don't know enough about dreadlocks. And also anyone that was old enough to work was expected to do so and hand over all of their wages so all to the Marcus. Men. The boys. Yeah. It actually just says everywhere that I read that anyone who was old enough to work was working. Even I, the females? I, which I uh, probably don't. Which is surprising because yeah. I'm like, how would it keep them from talking to man, men? Yeah. You know? Yeah. But yeah, so Marcus wasn't working and he was drawing welfare. Gross though. Uh, but the, they, there wasn't a lot of food. So the kids were often like only eating rice and they would dig in the dumpsters. Marcus, on the other hand, was eating fast food three meals a day and was like 300 pounds. Wow. Huge dude. Wow. But that's not, I mean, it gets worse, okay? Any idea at this point, like, how many of them are in this one, like, dilapidated home? I'm going to save that. Okay. Just because it's kind of profound. Cool. Okay. Great. As soon as the girls in the family, including his nieces and his daughters, reached the age of eight. No. He began what he called loving them. No. And he would fondle them in their beds every night. No. And then move up to sexual assault in order to teach them to be good women. He would then marry them in his own ceremonies where the girl would lay her hand upon the Bible and Marcus would lay his, his hand. His Bible? His Bible, for sure. Also, you did air quotes for Mary. Nobody could it's see obviously that. Not, it's obviously so. not legal because he's, well, legally, yeah. married. he's legally married to you Elizabeth. you legally marry a fucking infant. Yeah, it would be this bullshit fucking ceremony. He'd give them a ring and a necklace. And then so all day, Marcus went on to father seven more children by his nieces and daughters. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah. And fucking uh, what's her face? Rose? Is that her name? Rosemary. She's still just like, compliant. Uh, yeah. Yep. This is not life. I mean, it's her whole family. You know, she didn't know this guy. He comes in, takes over the whole family. One of her daughters drops off well, more of the kids. She should have known that it was not okay for him to marry her fucking Yeah, I'm pretty sure daughter. that I'm pretty sure that it's like two nieces and a few of his daughters are who the who are the who are the victims of this part of the 
of it. Seems like everybody's a victim. Everybody's but yeah. certainly a victim. Yeah, absolutely. For most of these kids, they'd never experienced anything else because he kept them completely out of the world. You mm-hmm. know, when he's when on when they're living on this boat for whoever knows long, he wouldn't let them come on deck. Like he wouldn't let them up. Ugh. So none of them really knew Still sounds like Scientology. <laughs> yeah, so but two of his nieces, uh Ruby Ortiz and Sofina Solerio, wanted out. Like they had different last names? Yeah, I suppose. Marcus uh agreed. Oh, so there's actually three nieces, Ruby, Sofina, and Rosa. Mm-hmm. Rosa remained loyal while the other two were just like, we got to get the fuck out of here. And Marcus was like, yeah, y'all can go, but you're leaving your fucking kids behind. Oh, God. Wait, so are they Hispanic? I believe Rosemary uh, is Hispanic and these are her kids. Yeah. Okay. Just right? the names just sound Hispanic. So they between the two of them, they both had one child apiece. Uh, they had Jonathan. One of them was Jonathan and the other one was Aviv. I can't speak to who was whose. Uh, and the the two agreed. They were like, yeah. I thought there was three of them. Listen, dude, there was three nieces. Two of them tried to leave. Two of them tried to leave. Okay, and I'm dude sorry. was like, y'all can leave, but you have they to leave your kids. kids. Okay. Both of them had one kid apiece. Yeah. And they left the kids behind. And they left. <sighs> they didn't just fuck off, though. They weren't just like, okay, we're free. Bye. Fuck our kids. So as they got used to the world outside, because they've never really experienced anything in his. Yeah, I don't even know how they would begin Then his that. whole shit, they started to understand like how fucked up what he was doing was. You know, like, this is not normal activity. This is not how humans live. And they oh. would have had no frame of reference. You know what I mean? Pretty sure. I'm sure that, that that's one of the things that led them to us to want to leave is they're knowing things are not right. This is not how things work. Mm-hmm. So they're like, we're getting the fuck out. They realize how much, you know, how much danger their their kids are in. Right. So on March 12th, 2004, they gathered several relatives to support and went back to the Weston West home, which at this point is like a, an abandoned um, old business building that they had bought somehow i can't speak to that but that's where it was it was like a business uh-huh. complex thing like probably it was, bought it on all of the fucking kids money probably off the back of the kids yeah that's how cults work right Ugh. so they went back to you know save their kids both of these kids so that would be jonathan and aviv were both uh seven years old okay the kids that were left behind yeah the, those two nieces of his that left they're going back to try to save the save everyone in a way okay can i ask a question sure because this is there's a lot of moving parts. Sure, here. and I'm going pretty quick. So, Marcus. Marcus. Is the patriarch the, the of this two, whole shit. Yeah, yeah. The two kids that were left behind. Mm-hmm. They're his kids. They're absolutely his kids. Okay. Yeah. With his nieces. Correct. Are they le- like blood lit? Like I don't nieces? think they were. Okay. I don't think they. Because if it was Rose's daughters. Rosemary's, yeah. Kit, sorry, Rosemary. So yeah. Rosemary. Yeah. But he did he did assault his daughters the same way. Oh, no, I know. Yeah. I was just trying to figure out if those were kids that were still also blood... Re- like, you know what I mean? I was just yeah. trying to like figure that out. He did not himself. discriminate. In oh, that I, I get yeah. that. Yeah. So they gather some of their extended family. You know, some of the people that are outside of this. You know, their, dis- you know, their mother's family. Oh, so they their found family. some other family that yeah. they reached yeah. out to. Yeah, I can't speak to... I mean, we don't, I don't know how long they were out in the world. That was probably the only way they got out. I'm sure. Was finding. Yeah. You know. They 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 go, all of these family members, they go to this compound, essentially, to try to liberate everyone. The women who were still in the house were, like, loyal to Marcus and are telling these, like, everybody to go. Um, there's, like, a shouting match between both sides of the family. The women of the household were calling them, like, Judas and whore and bitches, commanding them to bow down to your master, Ew. who would be Marcus. Ew. 
No. Yeah. As for Ruby and Sophina, these are the girls that are trying to get their kids back. Uh, they knew that there was a suicide pact that if anybody tried to interfere, they're going to kill the kids. Oh, right. So, and things are escalated. So at that's one... That's even like family? I figured that would be like um, legal. Well... Like police came or something. Yeah. Uh, so what happened is the cops showed up. Oh, shit. And the women are like, yo, dude, no, you. these kids are in danger. There's this thing. And they they just, it just washes off. They don't even, they ignore the women as as well as they were like, yo, one of Marcus's kids has a gun as well. Like, you, you this is a dangerous situation. Eventually, Marcus like comes to the door and there's this whole thing, and Marcus is like, yeah, I'll come with you, because they're like, we need to go downtown or whatever, we need to figure this all out, because largely there's not a ton of documentation and stuff of him fucking up, you know what I mean? They're largely off the radar, so they're like, yo, we need to we need to investigate to see if there's any wrongdoings, you know, we get Child Protective Services out here, we just need to see right, what's going the, on. I was going to say, what about, like, at this point, it's, do you know, around what, are we in, we're probably like in the 80s or No, something. no, we're in 2004. Whoa! Yeah, this is 2004, so this goes on for decades. I didn't realize we were that far. He's raised, I mean, these kids, some of these kids are grown. Yeah, but whoa, just the police being there alone seeing the Well, they weren't, they didn't go in, you know, they didn't go inside at first. He says he's going to go with them? He's like, like, yeah, I'll come along, let me just say goodbye to my kids, and then I'll come with you. No worries, I got you. I'll come with you, this is all a big misunderstanding. Okay, also, sorry, let me just add a, a few little details here. There were... Five girls who became pregnant as a result of his incest. Uh, all of them, the mothers never disclosed their paternity of the children because they didn't want him to get in trouble. And I would say that records indicate Wesson fathered up to 18 children with seven women, including his five daughters. Ugh. So, and the cops don't know that at well, this obviously. point. You know what I mean? Yeah. At this point, there things are a little hazy because eyewitnesses and people inside their homes near the place said that they heard gunshots, whereas the police don't uh, have any record or claim to have heard any gunshots. Ugh, that's not good. Because he went back in to just be like, I'm going to say bye to my I'm kids. I'm say bye to my kids. And it took a long time. And then eventually the police, they go inside. Oh, oh no. So what happened is, and as I said, because this happened... And there was this suicide pact, and there were no real eyewitnesses. It's hard to quantify what happened, but suffice it to say, the police finally go inside, and they discover nine bodies, including two of Wesson's oh, no. daughters and a total of seven of their children. Oh my god! In a bedroom filled with antique coffins. What? He had apparently bought them like years earlier, uh, in the event that anything like this happened. Where the fuck do you buy antique coffins in 2004 i don't think it was in 2004 i think he'd been hauling them around but i mean still yeah each victim had been fatally shot through the eye oh no wesson's other children who were not present inside the house survived the incident so that's like half of his kids oh my god the victims uh sabrina april wesson was 25 elizabeth bria kina wesson was 17 Ilabel Carey Wesson was eight. Aviv Dominic Wesson was seven. Uh -huh. Jonathan St. Charles Wesson was seven. And keep in mind, those are the two boys that the two nieces were trying to. Yeah. yeah. The whole reason that this, the, well, not that yeah. this happened, but that the police yeah. were there. Sidonia Solario Wesson was two years old. <sighs> Marshy 
St. Christopher Wesson was two years old. Ethan St. Laurent Wesson was four. Oh my god. And they were all shot? They were all shot through the eye. No! Yeah. Yep. And lastly, Jeeva Wesson was one years old. Oh my god. Yeah. So, fuck. Where's fucking Rose Marie? It does not say. Rosemary. It does not. If she was there, she would have died. Is her name Rosemary? It's Rosemary. Yeah, you've been calling her Rose the whole time. I know, but it's I. It just dawned on Rosemary. me that her name is Rosemary. Rosemary, yeah. like the spice. Yeah. So a year later, he goes on trial. So nobody else was in the house. Nope. Everyone else lived. He just he killed everybody that was there. He claims that Sabrina had done it. Who was twenty five? She was the eldest of the deceased. And kill and shot herself. The order in the was eye. to kill the kids. Kill yourself. Right. And he would stay alive to say what had happened. Oh, yeah. Oh. The prosecutor was Chief Deputy District Attorney Lisa Gamoian. As I said, Wesson was represented by public defenders Peter Jones and Ralph Torres. They presented the defense that his 25-year-old daughter, Sabrina, committed all of the murders, including of her son, Marshy, and then committed suicide. The murder weapon was a twenty-two caliber handgun. And was found with her body. Does that hold that many? Or like she could have reloaded. No, I'm just you know. wondering if you you know like a little bit about guns. I didn't know if that was something that it's not she... specific to the handgun, so I wouldn't know. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. And her DNA was actually found on the gun, which which lent credence to Wesson's claim. The jury declined to find <laughs> that mm-hmm. Wesson fired the fatal shots, but convicted him of murder anyway, presumably finding that he had persuaded his children to enter into a suicide. Packed. So kind of like what I have talked about on what, like two episodes ago, like the murder yeah. by proxy. Yeah. Sort of. Absolutely. And and I think there's a lot, I think there's a lot to that. So he was convicted on nine counts. Oh, wow. Of first degree murder on June 17th, 2005, and found guilty on 14 counts of forcible rape and sexual molestation of seven of his daughters and nieces. Oh, my God. Wesson was sentenced to death on June 27th, 2005. Whoa! Where was he? Do you remember where I told you they were? California. What happens in California? They don't kill nobody. Yeah, so he was in, his... Let me guess, San Quentin. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, he's in San Quentin. On the death bro. Yep. Yep. His death sentence was commuted to life in prison with no possibility of parole after the abolition of the death penalty in the state of California. So that was my first foray into cults. Well, what happened to the uh, everybody else? There is a lot of information on that. You know, some of the people in the family speak out. A lot of the sons. But like, wouldn't... Rosemary. Rosemary I don't know be, what's going like, on. It, Culpable. Yeah. I didn't find anything about Rosemary. What the actual fuck? There's no. a lot of stuff about the family speaking out. Their reactions and their, their grief and their, you know, try to reacclimate to regular life. But I haven't I haven't gotten into that. So maybe next podcast I could maybe do an update about what's going on with the family. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's pretty fucked up. I And honestly, how this happened is I was looking through like cults that had kind of crazy bizarre things that happened and i just saw like the vampire of fresno and i said oh that's cool and that's literally when i texted her, I was like oh, oh i know what i'm doing God. and then i started diving into it because i'd already i was like i needed something to talk about and by the time i was already in it and was writing everything down i was like oh fuck this is gonna be so dark so fuck you marcus you piece of shit and your alien Jesus yeah. vampire, no alien, Whoa. but you know, your vampire Jesus thing. Fuck you, dude. Because there's a couple of cases that are like 
sort of similar in different yeah. ways. So when you first started talking about it, I was like, oh, I think I definitely know. But then, nope, I not that I can recall. I, I mean, I there would have been like two dozen people all, you know, at his beck and I call. I honestly can't believe that the only nine of them ended up. Yeah, I think a lot of them were the out house. working or, you know, because only two of them had gotten away. He had 18 kids. You know. And do you think that she shot them all or do you think he did? I think I think both the moms probably followed his protocol. I really do. I think that they probably were so brainwashed. He was like, yo, do what you fucking said you were going to do. And they did. And that's why he went back in to be like, it's time, it's motherfuckers. Time. Mother- and we'll never oh know. Oh, my God. And then they had like, oh, my God. And shot him all through the eye. It was like really ritualistic, you know. And I, you know what's so scary and sad is that I bet that they were so brainwashed that they just yeah. stood there and were like, the kids, yeah. I mean, were probably like... They didn't know what the fuck was going on. They were babies. Well, I know about the ones that weren't, yeah. you know. Yeah. I just think that it's remarkable what a person can do to so many people. Especially those that you're fucking family. Mm-hmm. You know, those were his kids. Some of those girls were his kids. Family annihilator. Yeah. Gee. To the mass. And then every, ugh, incest and all kinds of... Well, I don't know if there was... Was there ever actually any incest on his part? Yeah. Four other of than... The, yes. Seven of them were his fucking daughter, dude. Oh, his actual birth daughters. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Fuck, said, yeah. yeah. No, I know. I was just thinking of all of her kids. Seven of his daughters and nieces. Yeah. yeah. God, he's gross. Yeah, he's a piece of Can shit. Can we get him moved to, Let's like, move Texas? move his ass. Move him back to Kansas. Let's move him to Texas. We'll oh, dude. Definitely he, get as soon as he hits the border, the guillotine falls. Ugh. So, sorry about that one. I thought it wasn't going to be as heavy. <laughs> I thought there was going to be more vampire stuff, but literally no. There's I think not. that's it's just a punchy headline. Like, there's no uh-huh. real. I even looked up, like, to see if there was any, like, manuscripts or scripts, you know, st- you know, quotes from his take on the Bible or whatever, but there wasn't. So, I, I also want to know, like, what. Because he, he, he's still alive. Still alive, yeah. I want to know, like, what he's doing. He's probably still believing his crazy crazy shit what also um well some of his kids i mean some of the kids were probably you know they were still loyal to him they maybe just weren't home and i can't speak to where they were but the boys uh this is only one article and i don't mean to speak out of turn this is just something i read so don't you know don't at me or anything but apparently like most of the boys were like yo he's a good dad he's not a violent guy so you know that the boys are living a completely different life mm-hmm. than these poor women, these poor girls yeah. that are just being from, you know, before you could even know it's not something that's okay, you know, because you're young and it's your dad mm-hmm. or it's, you know, it's your, it's this guy that you look up to as God. Right. But maybe just, he hid it from the boys, like to make them, yeah, I don't I can't, know. I can't speak to it. Because they were the ones out working and so he didn't right. want them to be able to speak. Of, I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? And I think this is one of those that you, somebody, you know, more qualified in research could do a super deep dive and learn so much more. But I just wanted to bring awareness that this fucker exists. And uh, he's like in his 70s now. He's old as fuck. So fuck well, you. Also uh, crazy to me because uh, I was listening to this one podcast for a really long time. I fell off a little bit. I haven't listened to it in a bit, but it was called Ear Hustle. I uh-huh. told you about it. And Ear Hustle's dope. Literally a podcast interviewing and talking to inmates. And one of the co-hosts is an inmate and they're at San Quentin. It's a really fucking cool podcast. And so, it's, it's yeah. It's dark sometimes, but, but it's it makes me cool. like think like, oh my God. He's in there somewhere. Does that, has he ever had interactions with him? Yeah, or like. I doubt it. That is. Or, yeah, I wonder if that guy. And I can't speak to like if he's had remorse or anything like that. I just wanted oh, to I cover. it. Because there's so much more, you know, like there's family, you know, because there's still a bunch of kids that didn't die more grown-up kids yeah i think that i'm like right now i'm requesting a follow-up granted that'll make 31 really easy for me (laughs) 
Well, okay. Let's move on from that. Shit, please. Okay. You ready for mine? So you've got a story to tell me now. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I'm actually so glad that I did this story now. <laughs> <laughs> it was accidentally heavy. I'd already I needed a con- I needed a subject, so I just went with it. Well, it wasn't I mean, it wasn't accidentally. Like I mean, I yeah, it wasn't. <laughs> but I get it. Once you pick a story and you start deep diving, yeah. sometimes also, it ends up being more than you think. I see the fucking numbers and I know what parts of the fucking podcast you animals listen to, so there Are you, you saying go. That? Some Everybody likes murder. me more. I don't think I said that in any part of that statement. Oh, okay. I'm obviously the comic relief of this shit. Like, <laughs> well, humble brag. <laughs> so this is a story I've been wanting to do for a while, but nice. I, I don't know. I just wanted to. Sometimes when I start to research stuff, I'm like, eh, is this going to be good enough? Like, is this that was be literally me? Enough? That was literally me this week. Yeah, and then like. Once I really got into it, I was like, all right, yeah, I guess it's pretty good. Yeah. But it's not insanely heavy like my it's other not shit a cult. usually It's not a cult is. murder? No. Okay. So I'm going to tell you a story and then a s- another story because of that story. Dope. It's like Inception. It's like a story <laughs> inside of a fucking story. I'm going to tell you more specifically about a man named Thomas Busby. Thomas Busby? Yes. Oh, lovely. lovely. And I love a good Busby. Yes. Family started BuzzFeed. This, no. So this story starts with a man named Daniel Audie. Okay, founder of Audie. Got it. And the, it's spelled many different ways because this family goes back very far because- Oh, this is a rich people story. It's, well, so it's spelled, I've seen it, the two most common ways that I've seen it spelled in case anybody wanted to do a Google is A-W-E-T-Y and A-U-T-Y. Where is this? Well, okay, so <laughs> we're going all the way back to the 17th century. Ooh, an old tale. And we're going across the pond, Tom. Are we going home? We're going to your original home. Oh, fuck. I, I, when you said Busby, I was like, oh, he's English. Busby? Thomas Busby! Hello! Go have something nice to say in this podcast. <laughs> I swear, he's, he's probably either an aristocrat. Oh, God, I love okay. fucking old school England. It's so dope. Daniel Minus Audie. the disease. Moved to the small town of Kirkby Whisk, which I I think it's pronounced Whisk, Whisk, yeah. Whisk. Yeah. It's W I S K E. Whisk. Kirkby Whisk. Kirkby Whisk. Which is located along the river Whisk, a little northwest of Thirsk. God, I hope my mom doesn't listen to this podcast. In North Yorkshire. Yorkshire, England. Oh, lovely. Yes. Okay, so okay. we're yeah, 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 in yeah, yeah. England. And for anybody who doesn't know, Tom was born in England. Yeah, yeah. His mother is English. Quite English. And if you listen to this podcast, I've done a lot of this sort of. Yeah. Actually, I get more, way more weird with it than an English accent on this podcast. Yeah. I don't think I do a lot of the English one on here. But that's why, you know, I say this is your first episode. Weird flex. But if it is. Yeah. It, that's where Tom was born. I'm so. from England. That's a little piece. Okay. So our friend Daniel Audie had a daughter named Elizabeth and... There's nothing about a wife or an ex or anything which actually surprises me because it's in the 17th century that it was just like a father-daughter situation. Yeah. But maybe, maybe she died. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Maybe I don't know. Anyway, it was very sad. He spent his time and made his money conducting his own illicit trade of faking currency or shortening it. Oh, he's a fucking gangster. He's a Con he's man. A con, he's, a, he's a confidence man. So we're talking coins at this time. Fucking coins. I'm, oh, I'm so into this story right he now. He would straight up like make 
his own fake coins or he would take, I think, like other coins or older coins and like wither them uh, down and make into new coins i assume if he like withered down old co- withered that's probably melted down whatever you just I'm wait for the money to get real old whatever he made them into coins that were worth more he probably smelted you know. them down or anyway, something he's yeah. hustling you know he's a gangster he's, peaky he, blinder yeah so daniel Audie actually purchased an old farm which he converted to meet his needs as a criminal fuck yeah he dude. actually built a large hidden underground room and installed a huge locking mechanism so that if there were any unexpected visitors, they wouldn't be able to freely walk into his little hustle and catch him at work. Listen, this dude fucking rules. This dude's a fucking gangster. I I'm going to regret that because I always fucking do, but that's fucking pretty metal. Pretty cool, though. I want yeah. a secret fucking room. Working on it. Watched the YouTube the other day. Do we get to pull a book? Yeah, it's actually literally what oh. I was watching. Uh, I like to make stuff because I'm, I'm like a kind of a, a newbie maker and I built a table recently. No, no big deal. But uh, I was thinking about building like a bookshelf and I found like a bookshelf door thing, but it's way, But you have to have a out. room. You have to have like a closet or a secret. You have to have some we sort could of turn, secret We place. could totally turn this room into it. Can we just it, make this room secret? Yeah, that was my plan when, from when we had kids is to put all my guns in here and hide the room. Oh, great. Great. Okay. That's when I have 300 guns. I'm anyway, no, so Daniel Audie renamed this farm Donati Hall. <laughs> I don't know why, but it's D-A-N-O-T-T Hall. Wait, D-A-N-O-T-T-Y Hall. Because that's what they got. I mean, his name is Donati. Daniel Audi. Donati? Maybe his middle name was N. Oh, yeah. It's where they go to get naughty. Anyway. They're going to do naughty stuff. Who? It's, he doesn't have anybody on You don't know what he's doing. He's a criminal. He's probably got, he's probably got him lining up. So <laughs> while living there, his daughter Elizabeth met a local man named Thomas Busby. Thomas! Which was who I originally brought up in the beginning. All right, mate. The two of them, not Thomas and Daniel, Elizabeth and Thomas Busby fell in love and ended up getting married. Nice. So now that dude is his father-in-law? Yes. Daniel oh, Audie is fuck. going to be Thomas Busby's father-in-law. <laughs> Time to go into the family business, good <laughs> Thomas Busby, however, was pretty much known around town as a drunk. Oof. He was that town drunk. He was that Thomas. The I guess the polite, that's like the polite way of saying he was like the alcoholic of the 1700s. <laughs> Damn, bro, that's tough. So Daniel Audie actually did not like Thomas Busby at all. The con artist doesn't enjoy the drunkard. And obviously, a lot of that stemmed from the fact that he was the town drunk and married his daughter. Sure. Bad for the reputation. Bad for the legacy. From what I've read, it seemed Thomas probably didn't really treat Elizabeth all that great either. Come on, Tom. However, despite Audie and Busby not becoming BFFs, or, you know, whatever the equivalent of that is for father-in-law, son-in-law, they were now family. And the they this fa- new <laughs> sorry, and this new family, father-in-law and son-in-law, actually became business partners. Oh, as you do in that as you counterfeiting yeah, sure, game. Sure, as you do. Personally, I assume a lot of that happened because it was hard for Elizabeth to like keep how her father made money a secret from her husband. I hope he was just and fucking balling. Thomas dude. Busby found out. He was probably like. Uh, let me in on that shirt or I'll rat you out. You know, I mean, you that's see, just my personal opinion. Like with a name like Thomas Busby, I want to like you. Thomas Busby. I'm a Tom. I'm also the town drunk. 
<laughs> I want to like you, Tom. York, Please don't Yorkshire. fuck this up for me. Yorkshire. We're in Yorkshire. I fucking love Yorkshire. Is that I, how they talk? I don't, I don't know the I regional know accent. I'm Sorry, probably being really disrespectful. I probably know it, but I don't know what it is. Apologies to anybody from England. We did have uh, 9% of our listeners in the last 60 days were from England. Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> All right, mate. Thanks a lot. Sorry I was offensive. Your story last episode was in from England. From England, yeah, yeah. Yeah. In England. Yeah. There's stories all over the world, okay. mate. It really well, is. Okay, so Thomas, Busby, and Elizabeth Avi move in together because they're married now. As you do. And they move into a local inn a few miles away from her father's place, Denali Hall. Back when it was dope to live in an inn. Bring back And it inn. happened to they happened to move into an inn right above a tavern. All right, Tommy. Let's tie one off, mate. So now, so no doubt a perfect newlywed home sweet home for the drunken thomas busby sounds fucking dope <laughs> it's also like i've read so many things it's before beer was carbonated to so many articles i think that thomas actually ended up like owning this place but i'm not 100 percent. like the inn the the bar and inn but i'm not i'm not 100 percent. Okay, okay i'm with it i'm with it as time went on daniel audie found himself no longer okay with the way that Thomas Busby was treating his daughter Elizabeth and was undoubtedly over him always being drunk. I get it. So the story goes, Daniel Audie showed up to the inn that Elizabeth and Thomas shared to confront Thomas and tell him how he no longer wanted them to be together. Oh, fuck. All right, Tommy, what are you going to do now? He arrives at their place to find only Elizabeth, his daughter, and tells her that he is there to take her home and he no longer wants her and Thomas to be together. Meanwhile, Tommy's in the business. The counterfeiting business, yes. Yeah. Elizabeth is like, uh, no, and refused to budge. Daddy, I love him. She was like, until until Thomas got back home from wherever the fuck he was, cough, <laughs> cough, probably the bar cough. <laughs> right? It was so, Saturday. It's for the boys. I don't know what you, don't know what you fucking want from fucking us. fucking Tuesday, honestly. Okay, so club? Thomas Busby finally arrives home, extremely drunk. Surprise. He walks in to find his father-in-law, Daniel Audie, sitting in Thomas's favorite chair. The tensions <laughs> are fucking high, Listen, as Listen, mate, usual. I need to fucking sit down. Please get out of my fucking chair, please. So the tensions are high, as usual, and they begin fighting verbally, not physically. You're a wanker. No, you're a wanker. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel Audie was expressing how he wanted to take his daughter home and no longer wanted them together. I'm sure Thomas Buzzy was doing a lot of He's blacking, out, doing a lot his of best. finger pointing and you know, hey, all right, you want to take a fucking home? I've got to go with you because I'm fucking no. pissed and I, I'm fucking drunk right now. Daniel Audie, unable to convince his daughter Elizabeth to come home with him, finally gives up and leaves. So he goes back to his humble abode at Denaughty Hall without his daughter. Okay? To get naughty. What? He went home to get naughty. Oh, naughty no. Hall. No. Denaughty Hall. That's where you go to get naughty is at Denaughty Hall. I don't know why. I don't, I don't, know, I don't know where I'm standing. Tell. I don't know. <laughs> but Thomas Busby, still very drunk, became angrier and angrier as the evening went on. I assume he probably was getting a bit more drunk as the night progressed as well. As you do. I don't really know how much booze you could bring home at that point, but he was just like stewing in this shit. You uh, know, when you get drunk and you're just uh, like, I can't fucking believe. 
No, you know what? I can't even fucking believe he said that. No, you don't fight, fucking, listen to me, you son know of what? a bitch. Let me fucking tell you Ten something. minutes later. But can you fucking believe me? No, I haven't fight. You know what? You fucking tell me this story ten times. Fuck you. Okay, fuck you, son of a bitch. I fucking Give me more boots. Okay. You guys, you gonna do shot? Figure it out? So Thomas found himself so angry that he decided he needed to pay a visit to daddy-in-law's house. I don't like how you called it daddy-in-law. Well, it's just daddy-in-law. <laughs> So Thomas Busby leaves his house super fucking late at night, right? And super fucking hammered. And he makes a drunken three-mile walk to Daniel Audi's. Can you imagine the the fucking serpentine he was walking? And I don't know why I just assume snow. I just feel like there probably wasn't, (laughs) but for me, there's just in my brain there's snow. When you're that drunk, it takes you five miles to go three miles from all the fucking staggering. Yeah, you know what I mean. So as Thomas being Daniel's business partner, he knew the ins and outs of Donati Hall. He'd gotten naughty there before. Oh my God, stop. I'm going to make it a thing, dude. So he makes his way inside and I'm putting this in air quotes, sneaks into the (laughs) secret counterfeit business center, which I'm assuming he could not have possibly have done very quietly. (laughs) But he, but he was under, he was under the assumption he was being so sneaky. So quiet. So he sneaks into the, you know, the underground fucking place and grabs one of the counterfeiting hammers okay which they use i guess to you know sounds so fucking cool i was born in the wrong mel- age melted i'm assuming they would like melt it down and like re-stamp it yeah yeah to make it look official yeah that sounds about right thomas busby then goes into his father-in-law's bedroom with the and hammer bludgeons daniel audie to death with the counterfeit hammer you told me this was not a heavy story well i, I mean this dude just beat a gangster to death with a fucking counterfeit mallet Seventeenth hundred. It's still a seventeen hundredth, so it's fine. Well, he then apparently dumped his body into the nearby woods, and I suppose walked his drunk ass back home. <laughs> you know, okay. All in a night's work. So Time it, for a pint. So it did not take long for Daniel Audie's body to be found. <laughs> Assume Thomas did not dispose of it all that great. <laughs> Um, I can like I have been so drunk so many times thinking I'm doing a really good job at stuff and then probably re- like you know what I mean was like okay, and then like threw, put like a branch over him was like nobody's gonna find them I'm gonna go and get back home fucking visible so beach so Thomas Busby was immediately the prime subject subject he was the prime subject of what babe the prime subject of the prime suspect of the <laughs> oh the, good recovery he was the prime suspect welcome to we drink and we know things the podcast also there were only like three people that knew about the secret fucking area and everything uh, that was going on. So I assume it was pretty freaking easy to leak it back to Thomas Busby. Sure, sure. I also would like to think that Elizabeth was like, uh, yeah, they fought that night and Thomas came home bloody as fuck, drunk as fuck, and then she just gets to like move right into her dad's place and with oh. this like successful fucking underground <laughs> yeah. business and just like ditch her asshole drunk husband and starts living like a fucking G. Is that what happens? I mean, that's just what I hope would have happened. I hope that's what happens. We don't really. That's what I hope happens. That's what happened. So in the summer of 1702. 1702. 1702. You're Thank you. Stupid. Do it fucking right. In the summer of 1702. What? Thomas Busby was tried and found guilty of the murder of his father-in-law. And was sentenced to hang for his crime. Okay. Not only that, but he was to be gibbeted, his body dipped in tar, and his remains displayed on a stoop attached to the gibbet in full view of the inn where he lived and drank 
and I think what I said owned. Can I ask you a question? Mm -hmm. I don't know if you have the answer prepared. What is a gibbet? I my next sentence. Well, I also want to say that where the place that he, the inn that he ended up being placed outside of that we have been talking about this whole time. Sure, 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 sure. Ended up being renamed, renamed, renamed the Busby Stoop Inn, which retained its name until 2012. Oh, what a terrible legacy. But 1702 to 2012. That's a pretty good testament to how fucking old England is. So I'm glad you asked because I also didn't know. Yeah. Looked it up. So a gibbet is any instrument of public execution, including guillotine, executioner's block, uh, impalement stake, hanging gallows, or related scaffold. But gibbeting refers to the use of a gallows-type structure from which the dead or dying bodies of criminals were hung on public display to deter other existing or potential criminals. (laughs) Jesus, fuck. Occasionally, the gibbet was also used as a method of execution with the criminal being left to die of exposure, thirst, and or starvation. The term gibbet may also be used to refer to the practice of placing a criminal on display within a gibbet. And this practice is also called hanging in chains. Damn. So Thomas went out a bit hard. Well, no, he was hung. Then and they then dipped his body and in tar. Okay, okay, okay. And okay. then put him in a thing and hung him Jesus. outside of his fucking tavern. It's like fuck you and your. But and it's your also body. like what's the terrible? point? You're you're punishing the town people. Yeah. They have to smell and see decaying fucking balls bodies. There's no like yeah ew. There's probably kids. But ew the smell. Yeah. Yeah, but anyway, the whole thing. My my own my first thought when I was reading this was, you know, Hocus Pocus. Never heard the of movie. it. Never heard of it. Shut up. You know the mo- movie Hocus Pocus. Yeah, Zachary Binks. Thackeray. Fuck! I knew I was gonna fuck it up. It Thackeray is Thackeray. Binks. My bad. My bad, guys. I apologize to any Hocus Pocus. I'm sorry. Fans. What the fuck? Anyway, get a new co-host on this shit. With, you know when they <laughs> the two like surfer dudes yeah, yeah you know when they yeah okay yeah when yeah, they, yeah when they get them and they you know he's like remember you call me ice like the one with the thing yeah such a stooge it's the two surfer dudes and when they go to the old witch's place they're in like those they're in those they're sitting in those yeah yeah that's like that's a fucking like ragnar lothbrook it. in the show anyway sorry to deter for anybody who hasn't it's just basically a way to display a body or, or yeah, yeah. I, well, I don't know what I'm talking about. I just fucking explained it. Okay. <laughs> Something that I need to revisit is the fight between Thomas Busby and Daniel Audie. We yeah. know that Daniel was there to express him not wanting Thomas Busby to be with his daughter anymore. And he didn't like how much he drank and blah, 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 blah. Sure. Well, it turns out the thing that Thomas Busby was really fucking peeved about and the thing that he was just sitting there thinking about all night. The thing that sent him into a murderous rage was that Daniel Audie was sitting in Thomas Busby's fucking favorite fucking chair. Get the fuck out of my fucking chair, you piece of shit. Busby had... He set his fat ass in my fucking seat and got the plush all fucked up. Busby had a chair that he clearly didn't want anybody to sit in. Clearly. So when Thomas Busby was told... I just want to reiterate, like... Yeah. He's just fucking pissed about this chair. Yeah. That was the reason he fucking murdered his father-in-law. Yeah, don't sit in my fucking seat. When Thomas Buzzy was told he was going to be hung, 
he asked for one last wish slash meal, and that was that he wanted to have a final drink at his inn and sit one last time in his favorite chair. <laughs> he was granted this final wish. Yes! And he sat and drank his last drink in that fucking chair. Fuck you. While sitting in that chair, he... S- he masturbated furiously. <laughs> Sorry. That is not what I was... Nope. But he put a fucking curse on it. Ooh. He declared, quote, may sudden death come to anyone who dare sit in my chair. N- now I understand where we're going. Okay. So this is where we get to the next part of our story, which is Busby's chair of death. Busby's chair of death. Thomas, you motherfucker. So Busby was determined that even from beyond the grave, he would never allow anyone to enjoy <laughs> sitting in his <laughs> beloved chair. Busby's it's a lazy boy. Busby's it's a fucking lazy boy. You no, fucking kidding me? No, the worst part about this is it's like a fucking wooden bullshit, stupid, no way it was comfortable chair. Yeah, but Audie disrespected my boy Tommy by sitting in his fucking chair in his own fucking home. You don't fucking do that in 1700s. Wait, what? Right? Didn't Audie sit in the chair? And he was like, I can't sit in my, you're in my fucking chair. Oh, yeah. I thought you said. You don't fucking <laughs> do that. Busby. Yeah. Yeah, no, no. Busby was... That's why. You don't fucking... You disrespect... It's nothing to do with the chair. So Thomas Busby's spirit was also believed to have haunted his old pub as well as the area where he was gibbeted. Mm. But it's his fucking chair that was the focus of his curse, which became irrevocably linked to his revengeful spirit. Yeah. So this is where my story, you know, is, I guess, the second half. I wanted to cover... Another hunted object. Okay. Which is obviously where I'm moving into. But there was a very big backstory that was very much needed. Okay. So now we're about to talk about Tommy's chair. Oh, yeah. I'm going to, I mean, I'm going to, yeah. I think I'm I'm sitting in it right now. (laughs) According to the stories of this chair, it has been responsible for more deaths than most serial killers. And that anyone who sat in this chair inside the inn would die soon after. What? Mm-hmm. The first when death... When can I go? <laughs> oh. The first death... What? That'd be like a really easy suicide. <laughs> Fuck, Plop. never mind. That was, that was deep. Okay. So the first death I'm going to talk about was a chimney sweep who sat in the chair in 1894, who after drinking at the pub decided to test his luck. He apparently never made it home and passed out on the road because he was, like, drunk as fuck. He was out there with all of his buddies. He was Tommy drunk. Well, the next morning, his body was found hanging from the post next to the gibbet where Thomas Busby's body was. Shut the fuck up. Nobody knows how he would have gotten up there. Obviously, people are like, well, he probably committed suicide. But they were like, how the fuck would he have gotten himself up there? Yeah, that's fucking crazy. During the Second World War, the pub became a popular drinking spot with RCAF airmen. The airmen would go to each other to sit in the chair and, you know, always be like, no, do, do, do. Those that took up the challenge and actually did, none of them came back from World War II. Fuck. In 1968, a couple of years before Tony Earnshaw took over the running of the pub, he overheard two airmen dare each other to sit in the chair. They both did. Returning to the airfield, their car left the road and crashed into a tree where they both died on the way to the hospital. Shit. Seriously? There's actually a picture of the car. like It's like wrapped around the fucking tree. Get that fucking chair out of that bar. Because I want to go to this bar. Through the early 1970s, the chair seemed to claim a number of victims, including 
a cleaning lady who bumped into the chair. Don't fucking disrespect the chair lady. And got immediately had a uh, fucking brain aneurysm. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Definitely don't bump the fucking chair. A number chair. of cyclists and motorcyclists who suffered fatal road accidents right after sitting in the chair. A hitchhiker who was run over after having spent two nights at the pub. A hitchhiker who was run over after spending two nights at the pub and sitting in the chair. A local man sat in the chair and immediately died of a heart attack right after sitting in the Jesus. fucking chair. Jesus. That's fucking crazy. Imagine just like falling asleep in the chair, like getting drunk, falling asleep in the chair. You don't even go. Okay, no, you don't even fucking. Don't sit in the chair. (laughs) A group of builders were having a drink at the pub and they were all like poking fun at the youngest dude. And we're like, go sit in the chair. You know, oh my God, it's cursed. Go sit in in the chair. Oh, it's fucking cursed. Go sit in the chair. It's fucking cursed. Sorry. Well, he did. And immediately well, I what happened to him. got back to the site, the man fell through the roof of the building and landed on the concrete ground where apparently his head exploded. Oh, Jesus. There was also another incident where a guy sat in the chair and then he was like, all right, and went to go leave and turned around and was like, okay, bye. See you guys later. Waving to his friends, got hit by a car. God, this chair does not fuck around. There was also another guy. I think it was two guys i can't remember one of them they both sat in the chair one immediately got hit by a car the other fell off a fucking train jesus okay okay just saying i no longer want to sit in the chair so in the 1970s at this point the landlord of the inn who was tony earnshaw grew weary of the legend and the deaths associated with it and moved the chair into the cellar to avoid people sitting in it but people still actually found their way to this fucking chair after a local delivery driver knowing nothing sat in the chair of the cellar or sat in the chair in the cellar he was killed in a car crash less than a few hours later whoa he was just trying to relax for a second earnshaw at this point decided to donate the chair to a local museum requesting that it be placed somewhere people could not sit in it at the risk of the curse of busby whoa this chair so i just touched on some of the deaths which are fucking insane and a lot but the chair is said to have killed over 60 people what the fuck yeah it's now in the hands um of the zach bagans no it's not i bet he would fucking jizz his ass off to get that so it's now it (laughs) jizz his ass off he would jizz out of his ass wow we're keeping that in But no, it's now in the hands of the Thirsk Museum. And the Thirst you, Museum? Thirsk. Oh. T-H-I-R-S-K. Okay, Thirsk. I still heard Thirst the second Th- time too. Thirsk Museum. Yeah, right. And if you decide to visit it, you will find it hanging from the wall high up in one of the display areas. The chair was suspended by the explicit request of the owner to prevent anyone from ever sitting in it ever again. Including everyone from maintenance of the museum to like the freaking owner founder of the museum. And the museum has never broken its promise in over 30 years, despite its numerous requests and even threats to take legal action for not letting people sit in the chair. What? At one point, there was apparently like a Japanese film crew in, I want to say the early 2000s that were like threatening legal action if they wouldn't let them sit in the chair. That'd be a cool... And they were like, well, what happens if we fucking do it? And they were like, 
you'll fucking die. Like, no. And it's it's crazy. It's literally like hanging up on the wall in the museum so like nobody can sit in it. That's basically the whole story. But one of the last things that I saw when I was researching was a petition to have it burned. It was like a somebody literally they literally made a petition um to have i'm it. i'm gonna sign that petition <laughs> it's will moffett m-o-f-f-e-t-t started a petition to uk parliament to have the chair destroyed and then i'm just gonna read the little like paragraph that was on it because i just thought like what it says busby stoop chair or the dead man's chair is an allegedly haunted oak chair that was cursed by the murderer Thomas Busby before his execution by hanging in 1702 in North Yorkshire in the United Kingdom. The chair has reportedly killed 60 people over the years by the curse. I want you to burn it in a bonfire because it's an evil piece and needs to be destroyed. It is currently on display at the Thirsk Museum. I want it to be removed and burned in the bonfire so the ghost can go free from hunting people. Also, the body of Thomas Busby, who cursed this object, must be dug up and cremated as well, so the curse will go away. What the fuck? So. That is so fucking crazy. 60 people. Yeah. And and there are more stories and shit. That is so, that's so crazy, and it's so England, and it's so crazy that that's. And you gotta, you gotta take you know believe what you want it's also been said that when tony earnshaw the guy who donated or whatever yeah donated the chair to the museum did that that it said that he actually burnt the chair like burnt the original chair and donated a dip like gave a a, an exact replica like a different chair from in case anybody was to still fucking sit in it that it wasn't the original chair. Okay, yeah. And it's also been said that the chair that they do have there most likely isn't that original chair, which makes me believe that maybe he did do that. Yeah. So I don't know, but it's just a wild story. And I know I went back that was super cool. far. And no, that was fucking like, cool. Whatever, kind of all over the place. That wasn't but, all over the place. You did a really good job. That was fucking cool. Well, I mean, just you have to take everything with a grain of salt, but. Sure, sure. Because it was so long ago. But I just thought, I. It's something I've been wanting to talk about for a while because it really kind of combines true crime and paranormal. Yeah. Which is super fun and like my favorite. Fucking Thomas Busby. Yeah. Gee, man. And you can still go see it. The museum's still open. I mean, you have to go to... Like, honestly, in my head, the whole time you were telling me that story, I was watching a movie where that woman, his daughter... Elizabeth? Yeah, just went on to be like a fucking gangster right. mogul. This is just a drunk history, and it's actually just <laughs> somebody who's like the empire of fucking... Yeah, and that was Mary Queen of Scots. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was the wrong time, please. I'm sorry, English people. But no, I think that, that stuff is so cool to me because the lore and all of that behind it is so compelling because it's so long ago. I mean, 400 years ago. Um when and, the world and, was just something the, so much different. And to the point where, like, the Busby Inn still was a thing up till 2012. Is it just closed for good now? Or I I mean, I assume. I'm yeah, such a bummer. Bring further. back that shit. I would love to go to a bar and then go upstairs and pass out afterwards. It sounds so cool. Well, yeah, he did. That was his fucking life. That was his home. Well, until he got, you know, until he got gibbeted. Yeah, well, if he hadn't murdered his father-in-law over a fucking chair. Who was a gangster. He was a counterfeiter. Yeah. I hope she, I honestly hope to go. Like, I would watch that show. Like, I would watch a show where a grumpy old man 
is pissed well, off. You did tell me that you thought it was Peaky Blinders. <laughs> it's so Peaky Blinders, but like the side, like the the paranormal version, to where like all of that still happens. She goes on to be like a mogul, and then their you know like their ancestors get. You know, oh my, I'm gonna yeah, write you're it. Really, going you just deep wait for that. my Netflix show. It's coming out. I know that was a little different than what I normally do, but maybe not. I don't know. I don't really enjoy. No, I, I don't it typically cool. like oop super old stories like that. I don't. That one just really got me. I thought it was really fucking cool. And it, I think it helped uh, ease up from this. What was wrong with mine? Beginning in years. <laughs> what are you talking about? Mine was fine. Love. All right, guys. Hey, I think that I think that about puts a bow on it. Episode twenty nine. I hope y'all enjoyed it. Uh, we look forward to seeing you next time. I think next episode is a collaborative episode, so most likely, if we more can, than likely, yeah. tune into that shit, and we'll see. Uh, hopefully, you we'll guys. see you next week. Thank you guys so much for listening. As we said in the beginning, follow us on the social medias and you reach know what out. To do. You guys are great. See you next week. Bye. Bye.